Welcome to Within Us. My name is Azriella Jankovic and I am your host. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about a superpower. And that superpower is our ability to stay calm in any moment. Life can be happening all around us. Life can be stressful. And so often we have a desire to control what's going on around us. But the reality is that we can only control what is going on inside of us and within us. And that's what this episode is all about. So I'm excited about this conversation with Helen. Helen Abelis is a coach who helps people stay calm and she sees with her clients the benefits of instituting these practices and it's tremendous. So she and I talk about that. Helen and I have a lot in common. We both live in Israel. We are both mothers and we both really believe in the power of so many different practices. You know, learning to stay calm is something that we may not have been taught how to do in school. And yet it's a skill, just like anything. So if you find yourself listening to me right now and saying, oh, I'm not a calm person. Well, I I know for myself, I'm 39 years old now and there were many moments in my life where I didn't feel like a calm person. But what I've come to learn about life is that everything is learnable. Everything is learnable. And even our beliefs about ourselves, what kind of person we are, those are simply thoughts that we have come to accept as truths. And if we can be open to possibly challenging those thoughts, we are open to change. We're open to enhancing our own lives and breaking barriers. Oftentimes those barriers are illusions. So welcome to this episode. I am so happy that you're here with us and let's go ahead and get started with Helen. Hi, Azriella. It's so so nice of you to invite me to come and speak to you today and I'm very excited to talk about what it's like to be calm and trying to be calm and bringing calm into the world. (sighs) Because I think we need a bit of calm in this world today. In such a deep way, and I feel so honored to have you here and to be able to speak with you and learn from you about why it's so important for us to live our lives from a place of calm. Now, sometimes when we talk about calm, people might get concerned that being calm is somehow being complacent or being unmotivated. But I think you and I both know that that's not true. I um, I feel that today, in today's day and age, there's a lot of stress. I feel that there's a lot of anxiety and stress and we're all trying to do more and be more productive. People always ask me questions like, how can I do more and be more productive? And we're trying to do more and we're not just being, and we're not, we often don't even stop and think about why we're doing what we're doing or prioritizing what we're doing. And we're rushing from one thing to the next and not stopping to think about it. And I find, especially with my clients that I work with, um, they're busy mums who are trying to be the best mums they can be, be the best wives they can be. They're often holding down a job as well. 
and they're just rushing, 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 trying to give to everybody. And they just don't have a minute to stop and think about themselves or to stop and think about what they want to do in life and what they want to prioritize. And so for me, being calm is just stopping for a second in life, taking a deep breath, and just saying, where, what is it I should be doing at this moment? What really are my priorities? And not just doing more because I thought someone else is doing that or, you know, take, you know, rushing, rushing with our kids to doing something else. And just instead of just being with them and just being in the moment and enjoying the moment and all those kind of things. And I think it's, I think it's lacking in today's society that we're rushing too much. So for me, being calm is just stopping for a second and doing less and just being, if you know what I mean. I, I know it. I, I know exactly what you mean. And I think what I'm going to do is give us and our listeners right now a minute to breathe and really tune in with what Helen just said. You just said that by doing less, essentially, we're tuning in with something deeper and we're able to be more. So let's just all take a few deep breaths and settle into this moment. You know, it's a powerful idea that you just shared, Helen. And I, I imagine in my mind this picture of someone juggling. And I know that you've shared this icon in the past in some of the images that you shared inspiring all of us. An image of, of someone juggling all these balls with all these arms. And I can see it so clearly. In, in, in so many of our lives that we're all trying to do so much. Right. And, um, and today, mums and women are trying to do it all. We're trying to be a great mum who's thinking about the nutrition of our kids and taking them to all different after-school activities and helping them with their homework and helping them with being resilient and all these things we're trying to do and um and then we're trying to be the best career women and we're trying to still be fit and go find time to go to the gym and go for walks and have time for friends and date night and work and be great in our career. And it's overwhelming. It's so overwhelming sometimes, all the things we're trying to do. And um, I, I'm always amazed at the women who come to me, how much they actually do and how amazing they are, but they often don't feel great. That's what's sad is that they're amazing and they're achieving so much and doing so much, but they feel like they're never doing enough and they can't fit in everything what they want to do in their day and they feel stressed and they're not happy. So although they're really doing a lot, sometimes it's too much. 
And part of my job is giving them permission to do less. I love that so much. And I'm not surprised that so many women and men are walking around the world feeling like they have to be all things to all people because we are literally, if we allow ourselves to be, we're inundated with messages about what we should be doing, how we should look, how we should parent, how we should eat, how we shouldn't eat. And then that changes a week later. And the psychology that we should use for our kids and all the classes we should be taking. And I mean, it just, the list goes on and on and on. So I'm curious how you came to realize that this was such a problem and that, that people were suffering from this. I mean, have you been, have you gone through this or is it something that you noticed in other people? Yes. Well, <laughs> of course, you know, I think um, I relate to all of this. I was a stay-at-home mom. I wasn't trying to work. I was a stay-at-home mom. And I literally just was living for my children. And I felt like I gave everything. I never took babysitters. I would carry my kids every. I was just forever with my kids, 24 hours a day. And I thought that how was far back was... Are, How far back are we going, by the way? Um, well, now my kids are all teens and 20s. So How many kids do um, you have? I have four kids. Wow. So when they were little, so going back, you know, 10, 15 years, 10 years, I was that stay-at-home mom with the kids, no, t over 10 years ago, I'd say. Um, and I would always have a baby holding on to, I would always have some baby <laughs> hanging on to me. And then I was help. you know, I was that mom who never took help, who was rushing around doing all those things. And as they got older and as I learned more and read more and studied more, I realized that I didn't need to have done it that way. And I just love helping mums who are like 10 years behind me, who are, who are in that place to help them to learn from, my, <laughs> from what I've gone through to to do it differently, to realize you don't have to do it all yourself and to asking for help and getting help is not a bad thing. In fact, it's a good thing. And doing less and finding time for yourself and um, all those kind of things are, is so important. And I love, love, love helping women. It's really my passion to help people feel better about themselves, feel calmer, have a calmer life, feel good about themselves and find their inner peace. That's just my passion and I love it. And when I help someone in that way, there's just nothing better in the world to know that they feel calmer and happier. And I see it again and again, it's such a blessing. And I also know that myself, I think naturally I'm a bit of a worrier. I think I'm not the only one there. And I think having kids makes you, if you're that way inclined, you're always worried. There's always something to worry about with your children, their health, their social life, you know, how they're fitting in, their schooling. There's always something um, to worry about. And, um, I, so I took it upon myself to learn about how to be calm because I decided I don't want to be like this anymore. So um, I'll give you one very good example. 
um, this was not even that long ago when I really honed down on the message of being calm. I was making um, my son's bar mitzvah and um, for us that's a very big deal. It's having all the family come in and you have to organize a big party and it's a very big deal and it's a mark it's it marks a special time in a boy's life and it's a very big deal and um so i was making this bar mitzvah and i was also making um passover at the same time pesach which for us is also a very big deal because you have to clean the whole house and it's a very uh big deal and we had family coming in for that and it was all going to be at the same time and I was just the thought of this was I was literally dreading it and I was so stressed at the idea of having all this family flying in from abroad to stay with us and having to arrange places for them to stay and feed them all and make them all happy and feel comfortable and find time for my son and he has his whole thing to do and I was so stressed and so dreading it and then I said right I'm taking myself in hand. This is, I can't do this. This is not okay to go into this because really it should be a beautiful time. It's a celebration. It shouldn't be a stress. So about six months beforehand, I took myself in hand and said, I have the tools now use them. <laughs> and every day, every morning, I would say to myself, a positive affirmation, I would say, Today I will be calm. Today I will be calm. And I would also turn it over to God and I would say, please, God, help me today to be calm. So for me, having those two things together was just so powerful because I was so determined to be calm and I wasn't going to allow myself to feel that stress of what was looming. And I just gave over the stress to God and said, God, help me to be calm. And today I am going to be calm. And I said that every morning. I also did a lot of preparation in advance and was organized and did my, what I could do. But from the emotional side, I let go of the stress. And... I was so calm. I was so unbelievably calm. I can't tell you I was the calmest I've ever been. And I just could be in the moment there for my son and just enjoy all the family that came in and enjoy the moment and really celebrate that momentous moment in my son's life. And I could do that because I let go of the stress surrounding it. And I gave it over to God. He took the stress away <laughs> and so you know I do these things with my clients on what they need but I do it for myself as well obviously yes I think about that about how sometimes simple ideas are the most important and that is trying to stay calm and, and being present in the moment it may sound simple but it's not necessarily easy it's an ongoing practice and I so much love what you said about the fact that on one hand, you felt moved to try to get so much done and, and do all these things. And you know, I can see the, the icon of the, the juggler again, 
trying to get everyone set up with their accommodations and plan the party and the holidays. And, and at the same time, there was something deeper in you that said, wait a second, this is a life cycle event and I want to be present. And you were able to manifest that and use the tools that you had and continue learning and doing. So, so when you say, it's so beautiful, when you say that you, you, know, you were affirming yourself, saying daily affirmations and also turning it over to God, you weren't kicking your feet up on a lounge chair and asking God to do everything for you, but you were being real about your human capabilities, right? There are 24 hours in a day and there we're limited we're limited human beings and i think it's there takes so much wisdom to embrace that right right yes it's to stop and take a breath and realize sometimes the things that we stress over are not so important you know we stress over that we're having all these guests and the house is a mess. And we stress over little things like, you know, how we look on this outfit. Or, and in the scheme of things, these things are not so important. And if we can let go a bit of the expectations on ourselves to be perfect and expectations on ourselves to always get it right and just accept ourselves and be kind to ourselves and say we're doing our best we're trying here we're doing our best and letting go of the expectations and i think we can be much calmer and happier and feel happier with ourselves your message is really one of self-compassion and i think you're so clear about the idea that we ourselves can be the ones to put the highest and even most unreasonable expectations upon ourselves that are literally impossible. So where do you think that this need comes from to constantly be doing and doing more and setting this bar so high for ourselves? You know, it's interesting. It, in the past, even in the past generation before us, or at least definitely two generations before us, there was a much lower expectation. Women were not working so much. There was no expectation that women should work and look after the children and the home. So that so now we, as women at least, are trying to have that successful career and yet still run a perfect home and be there always for our children and our husbands and find time to be to look after our bodies and find time to go shopping for clothes. And I think there's just so much high expectation now. And there's also an expectation, it's not only for women, for men. I hear it so many times of men who have to work these crazy hours where they come home, it's normal that they come home nine, 10 o'clock at night. And then they have to be back in the office the next morning early. They don't, when do you have time to wind down, have a relationship with your family when you come home, your kids are asleep? When do you see your kids? What, I think there's something <laughs> gone wrong a bit that we think it's okay that we don't have enough time with our families and that we're 
supposed to just do so much. I just think it's an expectation in today's society to be doing more and more, longer hours at work, be fulfilled in our work and also find time to go to the gym and look after our bodies and our health and eat healthily and cook delicious meals and find time to read and self-improve. There's just so much to do. And I don't think we used to, you know, previous generation put that pressure on ourselves in the same way. I think we knew less. <laughs> and so we worried less and did less. And now we know more and expect ourselves to do it all. And then we're very hard on ourselves when we, uh, you know, are not actually reaching that level of perfection in every realm of our lives that we would like to. And that's a very frustrating place to be. If you feel that you're not failing completely as a mother, you're not, you're not succeeding completely as a mother, you're not succeeding completely in your career. I feel, I hear this a lot from my clients where they say things like, when I'm at work, I feel like I'm worrying and thinking about the kids and worrying about things at home. And when I'm at home, I'm worrying that I don't do a good enough job because um, my mind's not always there with the job or I'm answering emails when I'm with my kids so I can't focus on my kids. So there's that feeling that they're not succeeding in either area of their life. And that's not a good place to be. And I hear that so often now. And I think we're very, very hard on ourselves. And yes, I think we need to, you know, as a society, we need to lower our expectations of um, doing it all. And I think that that idea of doing it all is, is also very hard. I think you can have a job and be, a, and be there for your kids, but something has to give. And I think it's fine to do that, obviously. It's fine, I'm a working mum myself, but there's always a, there's always something, there's always something that gives. If you're at work, then you're spending less time with your kids and that's fine, but you need to accept that. So that's a choice you make. If you choose to stay at home with your kids, then that's fine. And that's a choice and embrace that choice. And if you choose to go to work, embrace that and do that. And whichever way you do it, to just accept that this is the way it is and be okay with that. You know, I think you bring up so many important points and I, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about that right now in my own life, I had a funny thing happen last week where I dropped my phone into water. Oh, dear. And it's not entirely waterproof, and so now it's in the shop. And I was thinking when I put it in the shop, oh, maybe I'll get a, a, a substitute phone and, you know, in case anybody needs to reach me. And then I just decided I'm going to pretend it's the year 1992, and I'm not going to have a cell phone. I'm not going to do it. So now it's been three days. It feels like three years, but, but I'm doing it. And what I'm realizing about not having this phone is that when I'm looking at my phone and yet I'm trying to enjoy a moment with my kids, or I'm trying to do something professionally, have a meeting and my phone's going off, there's no 
possibility of present moment awareness because I'm splitting my attention, right? So I think oftentimes at this point that you bring up that we're all trying to do so much waters us down. It, it, I think it lessens our ability to be present. You know, presence at work, we're thinking about home. Presence at home, we're thinking about work. And this present moment awareness, at least in my mind, is, is a skill. It's like something we have to work on. I don't think it just, I think it comes to children, but somehow over time, we lose it. Yes, absolutely. I, I think um, what happens is with a lot, I hear this a lot from my clients, is that they come home from work and they're with their kids and then they get emails or phone calls from work and there's an expectation that they answer these work emails or work phone calls in the time when they really want to be with their kids. And I'm not sure if the expectation is from their boss always, it's sometimes from themselves. And so they're trying to do too many things. So they're answering the, the emails at the same time as trying to help their kids with their homework or they're, you know, you're trying to do two things at once and neither of them are very satisfactory. You end up sending the email, you send it by mistake, sign it off the wrong way, you know, and then your kid's upset because you're not there with the homework. It's when we're trying to juggle too many things at the same time, often we don't do either thing very satisfactory. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever, I've, I just remember this moment when I was a busy mum and I, would, I was trying to bake a cake and the phone rang with someone asking me a work question. And I was also at the same time trying to help my son with his English homework. And then the doorbell rang. And I remember I was like, literally, what do I do first? And I don't know. And then, so I said, I said, I can't, I kind of stopped with the phone call. I went to answer the door. I then went back to my son and, and then I had no idea how much flour or sugar or anything I'd added to the cake and I had to throw it all out and start again and it just shows you when you're trying to juggle too many things at once nothing goes well and my son literally had a tantrum at that point because I wasn't there for him he needed help and I was so distracted and if we can stay in the moment and do one thing at a time I think if we can turn our phones off put them silent, put them in the other room, hide them for a little bit of time and say to our clients, you know, I'm not available from these hours, you know, or work hours are between nine and one or whatever, you know, or I will look again at emails after eight o'clock in the evening or have set hours so that we're not always available to everyone. I think it would be much better. And when, if we can just be in the moment with the kid doing their homework, with the kid bathing them, with the kid reading them a story, or with a work project and just concentrating on the work project. I know for myself, I, if I'm trying to write an article or focus on writing a course or planning a workshop, I switch off my phone, switch off my emails, no notifications, and I just focus on the work project and then I work much, much better. And the same with the focusing on the child or focusing on myself. If I go for a walk in nature and say this hour, I'm going for a walk in nature, I don't take my phone with me. I just go and enjoy the nature and I'll deal with whatever 
needs to be dealt with when I come back. Most things are not really emergencies. We always think, what if something happens? Most things can wait half an hour, an hour. But if we could just be in the moment and enjoy each thing and actually be present with the child when you're with the child, be present at work when we're with work, and be present with yourself when you're doing something for yourselves, we can, it's so much more of an enriching experience, whatever you're doing. I, I think about what you're saying and I'm, I'm picturing it and thinking about the idea of flow and this idea that when we are fully present within a project, we're tapping into something deeper within ourselves. We really are. And it's, it's a deeper level of consciousness. And I really think that you are tapping into something so powerful here. So I'm curious about a couple things. And the first one is, you know, I'm, I'm listening to you speak about how as people were trying to do so many things. And I'm wondering where you think that this desire is coming from. Is it because we're inundated with the world around us or is it something else? Is it, more, is it something more internal? I think it's both. I think it's today's society, like we said, the expectations. And then I think it's also internal. It's the messages we give ourselves. We're very hard on ourselves. And we say, you know, I hear a lot of people who just feel they're not enough. They're not enough. So they're always trying to do more to feel like they're enough. There's actually a whole movement of people who are trying to go around saying, I am enough. I am enough. Just how I am, what I am, doing what I'm doing. I am enough. It's, and it's actually a very hard message for many people today. They don't feel like they are enough. And I even said this to one of my clients and she, she found, she actually found that so hard to even just say that I am enough it's we don't feel like we're enough and um, it's it's sad that you know that that is the case and so I try and help people to recognize their greatness recognize how amazing they are that we, we were all given so many gifts and talents and to actually notice what our gifts are and to be aware of our skills and our talents and what we're good at not only noticing what we're not good at and to tap into doing more of those things and worrying less about what we're not doing and so so one of the ways that I help my clients with all this whole area is that I actually help them with time management. And for me, when I say time management, I don't mean to try and fit in more things in less amount of time. What I mean is to make priorities and think, what is it I want to achieve today or this week? What are my priorities? And then figure out a schedule and figure out how to fit in all the things you want to fit in and then seeing what things you can let go of and when you have a set schedule then you don't forget to look after yourself if you know that every monday evening you meet a friend for a walk 
to go walking or something, then that's part of your schedule and you won't miss that out. Whilst if you don't have a set schedule, you're like, oh yes, that is something I'd like to do, but then it's somehow you get busy and you never get round to go for that walk with a friend. So I like to, I'm one of those people who, if you're organized with your time and find time slots to do all the things that you want to do, then your life runs more smoothly and you feel calmer because you know you've got that time for yourself on the Monday evening. You've got time one-on-one -on -one with your kids Tuesday afternoon. You've got, you find time for all the things you prioritize and then you can feel calmer. And what I find very interestingly is that people come to me because they're doing so much and they find they haven't got enough time. And what we end up doing is getting rid of all the things that they don't need to be doing. And they end up doing less and prioritizing and finding time for the things that are important in life that's what happens but there's something about how we use our time that is also very powerful and very important and it's something that we need to stop and think how is it that i spend my day days and how could i do it differently i love that it's it's like asking ourselves where am i running to and then from there reassessing where we want to be putting our energy into what actually matters. And I think it's so powerful that you do this and that you help people with this because so often in life, we just keep running. At, at what point are we stopping to really write down our priorities? So for anyone who's listening, I think this is an amazing activity. I think this is something we can all do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you know, whenever, whenever we put it on the schedule. But I think to really sit down and ask ourselves, okay, we're running. Why? Where are we going? What are we trying to do in this life? What are we trying to do in this world? What's actually important? I want to share something with Helen. I'm going to share it with everybody else who's listening as well. I learned recently over the course of the past year or so that as much as I, I had learned and I had known cognitively that the human brain is churning out tens of thousands of thoughts on a daily basis, what I came to understand is that we can separate ourselves from experiencing those thoughts, right? And for me, it became this conscious acknowledgement of there are thoughts, but those thoughts are not me. Right? So I don't necessarily have to believe them or buy into them. I can notice them and I can shift my attention away. And I think for me, meditation was a tool that taught me how to do that. And as, as I'm practicing it, it's continuing to help me and help me become stronger in really choosing what I, where I want to place my own focus. Right. Yes. So I love meditation. And I think when I talk about the fact that we're just rushing, rushing, rushing and not stopping for a minute and thinking what our priorities are. It's actually very hard to quieten our mind and just be present in the moment. It's very hard to do what I said about, you know, sitting with the child, with their homework or with the 
with the book, reading them and not having our mind racing onto the next thing we need to do. Most of the time we are, you know, reading a story to our child and at the same time we're thinking, oh yes, I must get, I must remember to call that one and I must remember to make that appointment at the dentist and our minds are racing to what we're going to do next. And it's, I think it's very, very hard for us to quieten our mind and um, just be in the moment because it, we're not used to doing that. And all these thoughts are racing, racing, racing. So one amazing way to teach us and to help us to quieten our mind is to do meditation. And I started doing meditation, uh, I think it must be three years ago now. And it has really changed my life. And it's really allowed me to key into being calm and staying in the moment. And it's such an amazing tool to use. And I think I never liked the idea of it when people would say, oh, yes, I'm into meditation. I always thought I'm not that type of person. I'm not at all into sort of alternative things at all. Do you know, I'm, I really thought it sounded like a Tibetan monk on the, on, yes. in the, on the top of a mountain. And so it just never spoke to me. And I, was, it, I would really didn't fancy it, really. So, <laughs> but I started doing it. And what is amazing with today's technology is that you have, it's very hard for someone to say, yes, just, Meditate, go on, off you go, meditate for five minutes and not have any thoughts come into your mind. It's practically impossible to do that, or for me at least. So for me, the way to the way I did it is through an app. Um, I there's lots of different apps. I use the app called Headspace. There are lots of apps. There's also Insight Top Timer. There's That's my favorite. Top. That's my app. I love it. Right, there's lots and lots of different ones. Um, I just came across this one and I happen to love this one. And what is amazing about this app is that you can choose to do a one minute meditation or a two minute meditation, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. So, you know, we always say, oh yes, well, I have no time to do meditation. I think most people have got two minutes <laughs> to stop and do a meditation. So for one, it's not a huge time, you know, it doesn't take up too much of your time. And for two, what I loved about this app is it tells you what to do. I think it tells you now take a deep breath. <laughs> most of the time, all it's telling you to do is remember to focus back on your breath, you know, and it's, it's, it does use different tools like, you know, now we're going to start at the top of the head and go think, you know, do a body scan going through different parts of the body and relaxing each parts of our body. Or it does things like imagine, you know, sunlight shining down on you. So there are things like that images they use. But most of the time, the emphasis is on your breathing just notice your breathing. So it's nothing woohoo. There's nothing strange. Right? There's no strange images. There's nothing uh, mystical or, or anything. It's all just about your breath. 
But doing what was amazing about doing it with this app was so I decided I wanted to sort of take this on. Someone told me it would be good, so I was like, okay. And I did. I took on a, a new to do a thirty-day challenge of three minutes a day. I didn't manage for all those 30 days, but I managed for quite a lot of them. And I tried to do three, they, he had on this uh, app, you can do a three minute meditation, basic beginners meditation. And I loved it. And after, before I got to the end of 30 days, I was like, three minutes is not enough. Three minutes is too short. <laughs> so I quickly moved to five minutes and then 10 minutes. Cause for me, it, it was too short. I couldn't, I wanted more. I wanted more, but you can do less. You can do less. And so now I feel like what it is, is that our mind is racing, racing, racing with all these thoughts. Like you said, Azriella, like all day long, our thoughts, bumbo, I must remember to do that, I must remember to do that. Oh, I'm wondering if my kid's okay. I'm wondering about this. Oh, I need to do that work project. So many things we need to do, we should have done. I wish I wouldn't have done that. What's going on? Thousands of thoughts. And when we, we don't give our minds a break, and this is like just giving us that moment of just a break from our thoughts. And it's so amazing. It's like having the most amazing power nap or something. You just feel so refreshed because you've given your mind a break from all these rushing thoughts. And the more you do it, the more, the easier it becomes to go to that place of just clearing your mind and just being in the moment. And it, then it crosses over into your everyday life. So that when you're with your child and you're playing a game with your child, you can just be with the child because you, it helps you with your focus. And your so mind, incredible. your mind, it's amazing. How it's it so works. incredible. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting. I've noticed that there is an idea and, you know, I, we live here in, in Israel and we live in a largely Jewish society. And I've come across a lot of people who have shied away from meditation because they thought it, it like wasn't Jewish or they thought it was something you do on the top of a mountain in Tibet or something that's like spiritual and really not within our tradition. But the more I've looked into it, the more I've come to understand that it's a vital part of our tradition that isn't necessarily being attended to. So I've become pretty passionate about it. And I think that what's so powerful about it is what you're saying, this idea that when you learn to, to return to your breath, your brain literally is noticeably different. I mean, this has now been studied with fMRIs. And the brain can change in as short of a period as 15 minutes a day for a week of practicing basic mindfulness meditation. We can become more focused, more positive, less stuck on negative. And as you said, when, when then you're sitting playing with a child or in a work meeting or going about your daily life, you're able to take a break from those thoughts, from entertaining the thoughts. And it's like this foreign idea as I've, I've started sharing meditation with groups and doing them with, with other people. I've gotten so many questions and, and the main question is, other than is this Jewish, which I love to answer that one, um, but um, 
But the other main question is, what if I think of something, does that mean I'm not supposed to think about it? I mean, should I just, what do I do with it? And we are not slaves to our thoughts, right? So I've said to, to the participants in the courses, could you give, could you let that thought go? Could you let the thought go and come back to it in five minutes? Will it still be there? And the truth is that 95% of our thoughts repeat on a daily basis. So of course they're gonna be there, right? We're just giving our brain the much needed relaxation. Right, right. Yes, and well, I like what um, in the Headspace app, the, the person there says um, that, of course, you're going to have thoughts. He doesn't say, you know, that you're going to be able to sit there for 20 minutes and not have a thought. It's very, very hard. Even one minute without a thought is very hard. So it's not, you know, you're not supposed to, when you have a thought, go, oh, no, I've had a thought. That's it. I'm really, you're not supposed to go that way. You're just like, okay, there's a thought. And he says it's like you take a feather and you just sort of, like as if you're just popping a bubble, like a soap bubble, and you're just going, oh, there's a thought, pop that bubble. I and love then, that. And then, go, and then when you've noticed you're having thought, just come back to your breath again. There's no like, oh no, I'm so annoyed I've had a thought. It's okay when a thought comes and it will go, and now I'm trying to go back to my breath. And it's all good, it's all fine. I love that so much. It's really moving from a place of judgment, being hard on ourselves, judging our thoughts, to a place of acceptance, where we're just saying, okay, the brain thinks because that's what the brain does, and I'm gonna return to here and now. Right. So, that's, that's it. Yeah. so, so powerful. So, so tell me, we're gonna wrap up in a few minutes, but I wanna hear about your services and what you're teaching and what you're offering and, and for our listeners where they can find you and find out more about what you do. Yes. So I'm a life coach and I help um, busy mums who are juggling lots of things to work out routines for their lives and feel calmer and happier. So I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do a lot of it um, on, on Skype um over the internet and um so i do one-on-one -on -one coaching i also run workshops and i now have started a new program a five-week one-on-one coaching program called calm mornings wow helen this sounds incredibly useful and again for our listeners if you're thinking i'm just not a calm person I want to assure you that every bit of research that we have about human behavior reminds us that this too can be learned. So when we cultivate a growth mindset that we are constantly growing and we can constantly be enhancing and moving forward, it's all possible. So to connect with Helen, visit Helen Abelis Life Coaching for Women on Facebook. There's a link in the show notes. Helen Abelis, her last name is A-B-E-L-E-S-Z, Life Coaching for Women, and that's on Facebook. Or you can shoot Helen an email, helenabelis at gmail.com in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. As Helen says, we need a bit more calm in this world today. 
So if you enjoy activities centered around calm, you can also visit my page on the Insight Timer app. Insight Timer is the world's biggest free meditation app. And now my episodes and several meditations are featured on my teacher page on Insight Timer. And you can listen to them for free and really tap into the power of meditation as one of the tools to help us cultivate calm. And if you haven't checked out my new book yet, definitely give that a look. The very first insight is all about breath. And breath is another really powerful tool that we can use in any moment. You know, we don't have to step away to a mountaintop and sit for eight hours in order to get to a state of calm. We know now from brain research that targeted breathing exercises and even just a few of them has incredible power to change our brains. I hope that helps you and I hope this podcast helps you. If you like this podcast and you think other people might too, please go ahead and rate the show wherever you're listening and write a review and let other people know what you like about it. If you send me your review, I will happily read it on the show and give you a shout out. I appreciate your presence. It means so much to me that you're here. I love hearing from all of you listeners and staying connected with you. So thanks again and have a very calm and beautiful blessed week.